Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. Cool. So tonight I'm going to be talking on service. Um, I, I really love serving in the house of God. I think it's so special and um, such a privilege for us to be able to do that. But to be honest, I haven't always thought that way towards service. Um, in fact, um, when I first started going to church properly about four years ago, um, I did. I served because I thought it was a way to get involved, which it is. But I didn't serve. Um, I didn't serve to glorify God or serve his house. I served to be noticed and seen. And um, I, I had a really religious mindset towards serving. Um, I believed that by me working, it would, brought, it would bring favor to, um, to me from God. Um, and I noticed that I always started to compare myself to other people as well. So I would look at what the pastors and leaders and my friends were doing, and I would compare what um, they were serving and how good they were to myself, and then I would get my identity and my worth from that. Um, and basically, I would just continue to say yes to every single team I um, got asked to serve on, um, which just ended up really burning me out because I didn't feel like saying no was like the good Christian thing to do. Um, and so that really just left me really bitter and resentful towards church and people and the leaders. And I realized that that really wasn't healthy if I wanted to continue staying church long term and really make a difference and help be a part of something bigger than myself. Um, this year when I decided to start going to Bible college, I knew that one of the reasons why God was calling me there was because I knew that my identity wasn't really right. I knew that my identity was in what other people thought of me. I knew my identity was in what I did and not who I served. Um, and so this year I know that the Holy Spirit was telling me on and on that that wasn't the right way. And so... Um, I ended up continually getting prophecies for the last four years of over um, about my identity, and um, basically every time a pastor would come up to me um, and say, "Lucy, I have a word for you," um, they would say, "I feel like God is telling you that you are constantly getting rebuilt and reshaped, so your foundations are strong in Him." And I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" But I kept on getting it for four years, and I was like, "Why am I still getting this?" Um, and I realized I actually wasn't really doing anything about it. I was just like, oh, that's nice, and continued doing the same thing and continually getting burnt out at church. Um, and so I went to the Bible, and I started reading what the Bible said my identity was. Um, and I started to actually speak that over my life. And um, you'd be amazed that when you actually read your Bible, it has a lot of identity statements in it. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, I also just started reading about the nature and character of God and who I served because I noticed that I ended up just serving church and not God. Um, and so when I started noticing who God is and what his character is like, that he's loving and he's kind and he's just, 
that that was what I had to reflect. And by me constantly trying to compare myself to others and be who I thought other people wanted me to be, I realised I actually wasn't reflecting God at all. Um, I realised that it was by grace through faith that I was saved and it wasn't through my works. Um, I started prophesying over my life who I wanted to become. I started making I am statements for myself. Um, and I started deciding what my values were for my life and um, what I wanted to do in my life rather than just continually doing what I thought people wanted me to do. Um, I love that in 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul talks about the unity in the body of Christ. And for me, that was really hard to grapple with because um, that, that chapter constantly talks about how we need to know our part in the body of Christ. We need to know our giftings and play that well and do that well and that be an overflow of us and not what we're trying to be. And I wasn't doing that because I was constantly just doing whatever, well, for example, Michael was doing. I thought, oh, I should do what Michael's doing. Oh, I should do what Pastor Ryan's doing and not actually doing what I felt God was calling me to do. Um, and so looking at that verse was really challenging for me for a while. Um, and I just kept on going back to that verse, that chapter about God calling me to play my part. And it actually says that if we don't play our part in the, in, um, the body of Christ, the body of Christ actually doesn't work properly. And so it's so important for us to actually play our role correctly and do what we're called to do. Um, and that was just really crazy for me to grapple with. In verse 18, it says, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So that means that God actually created us. When we were in our mother's womb, he created us. He formed us in his image. He gave us plans. He gave us gifts. He gave us a purpose. And by us not actually doing that means we're not actually going after what God called us to do in the first place. Um, for me, that chapter, that chapter told me so much about my identity. And it's actually okay for me to slip into my own lane and do what I'm passionate about and what I'm happy to do. And that that's actually okay, that it might look a bit different to other people. And I think that's really beautiful that we are a part of a church that encourages diversity, encourages um, creativity. And for me, that was so freeing because I've always been someone who constantly just did what I thought was the right thing to do and what like gave me the white picket fence life and got all my ducks in a row and from coming here and meeting such amazing people has taught me that it's actually okay for me to step in my own lane and that has changed my serving life completely and that has changed how I serve the body of Christ. Um, in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians it talks about love and it talks about how um, if we, we can be the best preacher ever or we can speak in tongues or we can prophesy, but if we're not doing anything out of love, it actually doesn't do anything. It has no impact on the world. Um, and so by me, constantly, um, by me constantly just doing what I thought was the right thing to do, I was just getting bitter and resentful, like really behind the scenes. And so that's not loving at all. And so... That just, again, reaffirmed that it's so important for us as Christians to know our purpose and what we're called to do and to do that from an overflow of love because we know who we are in Christ. 
So my encouragement to you tonight is to read your Bible and to actually take what the Bible says in context and take it for yourself. It's not just for the people who were back there many, many thousands of years ago. It's for you right now. It's living and it's active. And from that, we're able to serve from a place of purpose and identity. Because there's no point coming to the house of God and just going, oh, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that, and then be bitter about it the whole time because you're not going to last. You're not going to stay at church. It's so important for us to know our identity in Christ and to serve with a humble heart and to serve willingly and openly and serving from a place where we feel like this is where God is calling us to. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for you tonight. Thank you. Now I've got um, Naomi coming up to talk about the word. Oh, it's on. Great. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. Um, I've been pushing it to the side all week since Tuesday. I found out on Tuesday, thank you, Pastor Ryan, that I'm speaking. And here I am. And I didn't think about it until yesterday. Um, And then not today or Saturday. Oh, yeah. No, yesterday was Saturday. Anyway, cool. Tonight, um, I'm just going to share with you how I spend time with God um, in the Word and stuff like that. I procrastinate a lot and I get distracted very, very easy. Um, So I kind of have to get out of my own space to do that. So I'm going to tell you what I do to do that. Um, So I get in my car, I get in my Corolla, and then I make my way to a beach. I'm not going to tell you what beach. Um, That's a secret. And I basically (laughs) turn my volume all the way up and put worship music on, and I pray on my way to the beach. It's about a 15-minute drive, and then I get to the beach, and I sit there for a couple of minutes in silence, and I just think, and I let God speak to me and tell me what he wants me to read or what he wants me to do, if he wants me to go down to the beach, if he wants me to sit there in the car with no air conditioning on, that's fine, but I basically do that. So I... I tend, I did that more so, and I was very consistent. Every, basically every morning and night, I was going down there for like a month. And this is when hope transitioned to here. So that, there was a lot going on then, and there was a lot going on in my life, and everything was changing, and I knew that's what I had to do, spend time with God and remove myself from my surroundings to actually open my heart to do it. Anyway... At that point, I was getting ready to finish Bible college and move on to 2000, what are we in? 19. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what? New job. Let's do a new job. Let's, let's revamp my life. New church, new job, new friends. Let's do it. And so I applied for a job at Belmont Christian College for a prep traineeship. And I was so excited because my friend's mum worked there, the assistant principal. Um, Mel Yeomans lived across the street. Um, Riley went there. Eden would have been coming soon. So I was like, this is going to be great. It's a two-year traineeship. Going to be, love it. Perfect fit. I was not nervous at all to go into the meeting, the interview. Mel helped me write my resume thingy. No, it wasn't a resume. It was like an application form. Anyway, she helped me. And then we went 
and <laughs> I went for the interview and it was like five people in a lounge and they were just like really serious, like really like really Christian people, like <laughs> super serious, like they scared me. It just was scary. And then I walked in and I sat down and I was just like, hi, I'm Naomi. I want a job here, please. And basically, I just spoke about myself and I spoke about what I do and what church I went to and how I went to Hope and now I'm transitioning to NC. And basically, they were lovely and I got along really well with them and we laughed and then I left and I went to Mel's house and I was talking to Mel and I was like, I think I got the job, mate. I was like, this is it. I'm, the next two years of my life are sorted. Sweet. Easy. Okay. Moving on. I, then I was like, oh, you know, redhead's on the way home. So, oh, I just, my beach. <laughs> you don't know where, though. <laughs> Find my friend. No. <laughs> so, it was redhead beach. You don't know where went there on the way home and I sat there and I burst out crying and I was like oh no I was like I was so calm about that I, I nailed it I was like I'm pretty sure I got the job and I was sure on it and I started crying and I was like oh no I was like what's going on I was like oh is this God I was like hopefully not because this is perfect and then it was God. And he was going, uh, just tapping on my heart, Naomi. This isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. And I was like, oh, fine. But I kept it to myself. I rang Ash Randall, actually, and I started crying. And she was like, it's fine. It's fine. And I was like, it's not fine. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Anyway, here I am. I then spoke to Mel the following Sunday. I was expecting the phone call on the Monday. Um, and she, Mel just prayed, and we were just talking. Oh, I should add that at that time, I was talking to other people. They're like, why don't you do an internship next year? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, oh, eh, maybe. Like, I'll see. I'll just settle into this church first. And then it was the day before they were meant to come, and I got a phone call from the lady, and she's lovely. Like, I would go get coffee with her now. She was that nice. And then um, she, she basically, she was like, hi, Naomi. Um, it's da 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 I can't remember her name, though, um, from <laughs> Belmont. And she said, you had the job. And I was like, oh, no, now I have to say that I don't want it. She's like, you have the job, but we don't know if you should take it. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, I have something to tell you. And then I was like, I just feel like God's telling me not to take it. Don't know why, but I'm not going to take it. I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, thank you. That's so good. She got so excited because <laughs> she got really excited. She was like, We've been praying about it as a team, and this is not where you're meant to be at the moment. We feel like we'll be holding you back from what you're meant to be doing in the next two years, and this isn't it, and it's nowhere near this. So I was like, oh, great. Then I rang Ash Randall again, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Ash, guess what happened? Jesus is real. Like, it's happening. <laughs> 
Anyway, basically, that happened. And it still amazes me that God can work like that in my life. And he, it was such a perfect thing and it was in a Christian school and I wanted to do stuff like do teaching or do something like that and I was getting on the path of it. But God has other plans and that's not my plan at the moment. That's not his plan for me at the moment. And I think if I, there's one thing I want you to get out of this, this, <laughs> is that you have to allow room for the Holy Spirit to move in you and it's not going to happen. He's not going to move things around until you actually make time for him and move things around for him. And that's it. I'm done. I'm not nervous anymore. Eight minutes. Thank you. <laughs> you crushed it. Well done. I'd love to know who the voice is that you um, pretended to be about saying, um, you should do an internship. Who's that voice? Don't say it. Don't say it. Like you said, redhead. It's a rhetorical question. Oh, did you say Bella? Oh, you're so fired. Um, <laughs> so bad. I just snotted. Um, hello, everyone. How are we? How good are those two? Right? Let's give them a hand. Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's wait for the old, uh, the old computer to boot up. Um, tonight, we've got 10 minutes. Short, sharp. I'm going to share on prayer. And um, I'm excited to share about prayer because I very much believe in it. It's very incredible. There's millions of different types of modes of praying, all different kind of ways we can do it. Um, Matthew 6, 5, Gabs, uh, essentially says pray with simplicity, right? It says, when you come before God, <laughs> in the message version, it's awesome. Don't turn that into a theatrical production, all right? Don't get all shundamundering and, you know, kicking up the dust and getting fun and getting funky or whatever you're doing. Just keep it simple, all these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. It's hilarious. Do you think God sits in a box seat? So good. Um, no, he doesn't. That's the answer to that. Pray with simplicity. I came across um, something that might help with this analogy. A friend of mine made this video, and I thought we should just quickly check it out. Let's pray. Dear God, we want to thank you for Playgroup, which is on Wednesday in the Playgroup Hall for kids under four, being $5 on a plate of food. Amen. Gracious, merciful, powerful, loving, supreme, kingly, sovereign. We just want to thank you for who Oh, Father God. We thank you so much, Father God, for being our Father and our God. And Father God, we just pray again for Father God. Thank you for the perichoretic union that exists in the Godhead, enabling us to extemporaneously follow Christ's intercessory example. God, we thank you so much for sending your brother Jesus so that he could come and save us from the dragons. Amazing, gentle, we pray all this in your Son's name. Amen. 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 
And Lord, we thank you for this service. Fatherly, beautiful, majestic. Dear God the Father. Sorry. Father God, I just want to play for... We just pray that you would forgive Josh for not giving me my $10 back. He knows not what he does. And I just thank you in advance that he will give it back to me tonight. Amen. Lord, you are never going to give us up. You are never going to let us down. You are never going to turn around and hurt us. Pardon me, boy. Who's guilty? Yes, guilty one of those prayers? Absolutely. I love the sneaky rebuke prayer. In the name of Jesus. Um, but it's true, we can get caught up making different versions of how we pray, when it should really just be simple, right? Simple, and Ephesians 6, you know, says this, uh, 13 to 15, um, to pray fervently, to be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. It's so encouraging. Take all the help you can get, every single weapon God has, God has uh, issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll stu- still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters and keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. A beautiful verse, right? Um, what Siri's talking to me again. She does this. Um, the other, if you can read the Passion Translation of that, it talks about each single one of those, uh, those gifts of putting on, you know, the shoes of peace. And so read into that. But I just love the fact that prayer is essential and it's an indispensable weapon. Like it gives it so much more authority um, in whatever season or circumstance conversation you're facing. And these last six months, for me, um, prayer has kind of re- reborn my, myself in a way like that. Do you know how sometimes you just have a year where you feel like you're in the, in the, in the cloud zone, you're feeling good, you're feeling protected, you're feeling great, and then all of a sudden you, you don't have that and you feel like you're in hell? It's amazing. And all of a sudden, this like last six months, I've actually felt like I've had to live out my faith. Um, which is great. It's such a good character-building growth thing um, because it's a good reminder of God's faithfulness no matter what storm is brewing on outside. I, I actually got to a point where I kind of forgot what breakthrough was looking like because I just wasn't seeing it very often or at all in so many things, in work life, in, um, in, in um, relationships with understanding what God's power is. This thing... I felt so disorientated of where God was, but prayer brought me back to my center and brought me back to my core to be able to go, this is God's truth. So funny, like every time we go to preach and share a word, I don't know about you friends, but um, it was just such a tough week. Um, Starting from Sunday, I had three days in a row where it was just bad news every day, different things completely, but really just kind of hard-hitting stuff, you know? And annoying stuff, like our car broke down. We just bought a car and it's just like the car breaks down. What's with that? Um, a bunch of stuff going on at work. It's on fire. It's great. Um, things that are looking great and brilliant all of a sudden weren't looking great and brilliant. Just, you know, at a snap of a finger. 
It's winter. That's annoying. <laughs> All this stuff. I'm just like, what is going on? You know, the enemy is like doing a number on me right now. He just tries anything to discourage us, right? He, that's his strategy. It's his plan. If he can maneuver and he can work us in a way that we feel isolated or disconnected or, you know, kind of alone, breakdowns, at, you know, it's imminent. It's just around the corner. But Ephesians 6, prayer is one of these things that keeps us in the fight. It's indispensable. Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. If you can hold on to that as a truth, you're able to come in, find your space, simply have a conversation with the Father. That's it. It's not, you know, a theatrical event. It's not a thing. It's not, it's a simple conversation with God. You ask for your strength, your guidance, your courage. You know, I knew in that moment, whatever the situation was over these last week, I'd be all right. If I had that conversation with God, it's taken the pressure out of me and placing the burden on God to help me with it. It's okay. He wants us to do that, guys. I just found it's really important to find your moments in your days, in your nights, in your work, in your study, whatever it is. If you can find that moment, treat it as precious, honor the moment, and respect the moment, and give yourself fully into it. If you can just have that two minutes, half an hour, however you pray, whatever it looks like for you, give your all. And I tell you, out of this stuff, I feel like it's given me a boldness to claim victory because you just, I feel like you just get this like fight within yourself. You're like, you know what, enemy, you're not taking any more of my time. You're not speaking death into this thing. I speak life into this stuff. And that's what it is. You build up this strength within you. That's just like, I can feel my, my, my relationship with God getting stronger and all these other things just disappearing like bubbles popping in the air. I'm like, see you later, son. I'm out of here. I'm untouchable. And it's pretty simple. Like you, you come before God and you'd surrender yourself. You'd surrender the situ- situation and you'd claim truth, right? You'd speak life. For me, it was like speaking life into the next 24 hours. <laughs> For you, it might be for the next week or whatever. But for me, I knew if I could get through the next 24, to maybe eight, just eight hours. If I can get through these eight hours, God, I'm going to be all right. And um, the goal was to always to have the Father's touch on the day. You know, I want to see your, your touch, Father God. Yeah, things might, you know, come at me. In um, the Passion Translation, it talks about the fiery darts of the, of the evil one. You know, he's constantly throwing things at you to try and discourage you and pull you down. But... If I can get the Father's touch on that, that thing's out. You know, that thing's not going to touch me. I'm going to call the band up. Nice and short. You like that, guys? Very good. Um, I have three things that I want to land with you tonight. Just about prayer. What does it do? It replenishes, it resets. Resets is another way to say that word. And it releases. It replenishes you. You're empty, you're dry, you're tired, you're annoyed, you're ticked off. It pulls you back into line. The reset, I think, is a beautiful part of prayer, is that you're placing God back at the top. The things aren't stealing your hierarchy. It all gets, you know, mixed and muddled up. 
We forget that God is king and he is the master of all. No matter what things come at you and fly at you that you're like, I thought I had that in the bag. Nay, good boldness with the job. That stuff builds character. God's grace, God's mercy reminds us of all of that stuff, of his goodness. And then finally it releases, releases us from the stress, from the tension of thinking, I've got to get this thing my own strength. I've got to make this thing work. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. In fact, you're laying down your burden, you're laying down your worries, you're laying down your stresses, your things that are just kind of taking your attention. Because I think if the enemy can kind of get you on your own and speak words of discouragement and death, and it's not, we don't become useful in the kingdom to people who are actually going through, you know, lots of pain and lots of worry or don't know the Father. It's being ready for those moments when they're like down and depressed and, you go, hey, how you going? You all right? Let's get a coffee, you know? To be charged up for that moment because really, that's what it's about, sharing God's love, sharing His peace, whether it's in service or in worship or prayer, man. It's the thing that gives us fire and courage and builds us up, like we were saying before, speaking in tongues. It, it edifies you, you know? It gets you in that place where you're having that conversation and connection with God and everything else that the fiery darts of the other one is just vanquished. It's gone. It's kaput. Even though prayer is important, it's not the only piece. It's all these things that we're doing, we're focusing on the next couple of weeks and have been. It's the Word, it's worship, it's servants, all that stuff. But tonight I really felt like I wanted to highlight one thing. We need like one another. The people next to us, the people in our lives, God has placed them there for a reason. There's people in my life I call that are pillars of reason. When I'm going through something, when I'm feeling discouraged, I call these people or I text them like, dude, what do you think of this thing? It looks ugly and I don't know what to do. (laughs) You know, it's beating me. And God's placed those people in our lives, brothers and sisters, right there next to us to say, hey, you got this. You know, you're okay, let me pray with you. You've given them permission to speak life into into your world. So I just want you to think for a moment right now who those people are in your life. And if you don't have them, start praying and believing that God will reveal those people to you. People that you can be vulnerable with, that you can be open with, that you can share your troubles, to share your worries, to share your celebrations. Who are those people? Prayer is just this thing that disarms the strategy of the evil one. Pulls everything out of the way. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? Tonight, I'd love for us to just do a heart check. Where are we at in our relationship with Jesus? How often do we check in? How often do we converse? How often are those times respected and honored? Are we just ticking a box or are we genuinely there to give him worship, let go of some stuff, deal with some things? Maybe you're here tonight 
and you just feel a little bit disconnected. You're feeling a bit discouraged, confused, not sure where you are with your relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you tonight if you feel like you're in that place where you're like, I'm not quite sure what my relationship is with Jesus Christ. I don't know who Jesus is, or I do know him, and it's been a while since I've spoken with him. If that's you tonight, I'd love to pray for you. I'm not going to get you to stand up. I'm not going to get you to come out the front. I just want to pray over you. So simply, if that's you, just raise your hand and I'll see it. No one else is looking around and I'll pray for you. Pray that you would know Jesus would know his love. It's good. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here tonight and you feel that you're just a little bit dry, you're facing a situation in your week, in your life currently that you're just you're feeling beaten, you feeling like the enemy singled you out, then I want to stand with you. We've got pastors here tonight that want to stand with you. I want to gather around you and want to pray blessing and goodness and breakthrough over you tonight. And I want to open up the altar as we close the service. I want to do that. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for your love we thank you that the road back to you is always always open always available God I just pray for those here tonight that responded that you would draw them in closer than ever before that they would feel a revelation of your your truth in their life Father, I pray for a fresh beginning, a new day. God, whatever lies have been spoken, we declare breakthrough over those right now. We declare blessing. Father God, we pray for a new day. Heavenly Father, let them know you, let them walk closer with you. In your mighty and powerful name, we thank you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.org.